Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. That's cradle at jewishprophet.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that... Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Intercessory prayer. Well, as we end this up today, I, I, I'm excited. I, I put this stuff together. I wasn't happy with it. I stewed over it, as I always do, and came to the conclusions, as, and all the materials that I bring up here, with all this that goes on between me and the Lord, and I'll come to, I'll come to a script. Yes, skip that one. 
I'm going, oh, I thought that was one of my better, you know, now skip that one. I don't know what's ever going to happen if he tells me to skip all of them, but uh, uh, I always have enough that whatever he tells me to skip, we're okay, all right? So as I'm, as I'm meditating in my prayer time this morning about intercessory prayer, and the things that I've said, the things that I haven't yet to say that I hope we get said this morning here in the short time that we do have left together. But this, as all of these uh, seminars are, are life-changing. And I don't think that any of you in this room will disagree with that. I've given you enough this weekend to keep you busy, okay? To keep you busy. Now, in the beginning, there was a few of us that felt like we knew so much that we really, you know, well, you only got three or four CDs and I'm a little bored. And there's no reason to be bored now. Hmm? We got so much material that it's going to take you over and over and over and over again. And this that we're doing this weekend, folks, it's going to take a while to chew on this. Okay? Uh, get what you can. Do what you can, but you're going to have to keep going through this. You're going to have to keep studying the materials because there's a lot there. There's a lot of things that's going to take place. Let's start out this morning, if you will, back in Ephesians 6.18. Ephesians 6.18. And it says here, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. I know we read this earlier, but it, it's so important to understand that. You're to pray always in the Spirit, capital S, meaning the Holy Ghost, okay? Uh, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, which means intercession. Now, I, I like this so much because we are to always be praying. Now, I know I pounded on this a bit, but, I, uh, you know, the anointing is taking me back again here for a few minutes, so bear with me. We want you folks to, to, to understand, before you go to bed at night, you need to pray. All right? When you get up in the early morning hours, you need to pray. When you get up out of bed to go to work, your days, whatever, you need to pray. Now, that's going to give you the opportunity for about, in my case, three hours, probably closer to four hours of prayer in those three sessions. Now, there's 24 hours in a day, which I'm not trying to act like maybe you don't know that, or that I don't know it myself. But the fact of it is, that's three. Now, when it says pray always... Well, as you go down the road to work, or if you're, clean, if you're staying home gals and you're taking care of the house, you can be praying definitely at those points and times in the Spirit. You need to pray every minute that you can pray. Every minute that you're alone, on the job, if you have a job where you're at a desk, don't neglect your work. Okay, because the scripture is very, very uh, straight about the fact that the old story is give a, you know, give a good day's work for a good day's wage. So, but there's places, there's breaks, there's the, 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 there's the, the noon hour, there's, you know, traveling back home. These are times when you can be praying in tongues. All right? You can do it quietly. Uh, don't ever make a spectacle. You know, uh, when you're young and real stupid, and I've been there, some of you are there right now, bless God, we often want to make sure that everybody knows we're into this new thing called intercession. Don't do that, okay? Bless God, uh, just go about your business with God, and that's the key. Uh, that's the way you pray always. You pray always. When uh, you know, I even wake up. I'll wake up and I'm and I'm actually verbally praying in the tongues. Well, maybe you did that. When you, no, no. I, I, that's probably what woke me up. Okay. So the key is to get your spirit. Actually, for you to get in tune with your spirit. So bless God that your spirit will be praying, okay? That your spirit prays. That's the key to this thing. Your spirit 
will pray all the time once you put the pressure. <laughs> no, once you exercise yourself more toward the supernatural side than the natural side. Now, to, and we talked about this, but I want to touch this one more time before we go on. You can pray in our in our known language. Now, some of you in this room are bilingual, and that's fine. But whatever that would be, but I don't know whether you've experienced that, and surely you have by now. You can only do that so long. You know, after you've gone through the kids, the family, the next-door neighbor, you know, where do you go from there? And, and see, that, that's, that's what happens. But when you get to the place where you push over into the supernatural and pray in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, you can be caught up in that because your spirit will bring you up. And you'll find out that, bless God, you can try to pray in your language for an hour, and you talking about a bummer. Oh, I remember all the way back trying to do this stuff. Nobody told me you were to pray in the spirit. Oh, we were told well, you need to pray. And, bless God, you need to pray an hour. I'm going to tell you what. I prayed for everything I knew three or four times in an hour, okay? And, but you see, when your spirit prays, because as we taught you uh, even before about praying and went back to it this, this weekend, your spirit knows what it is you need to be praying for. You really don't, folks. You, you satisfy this piece of carnality up here called a mind, you, you satisfy that by saying words that you relate to. And really what the Holy Ghost is waiting for you to shut up and get you out of the way and let him pray. Okay? Hope you got a hold of that. Hope you got a hold of that. Let's go on. Let's jump over here. Now, 1 Timothy 2, 1. You know, again, as, I, as we talked about, here again, this is going to help us out uh, scripturally with it. We have to understand that intercession is praying what? For someone else. Okay. It says, I exhort there, 1 Timothy 2, 1, I exhort therefore that first of all supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Okay for kings and all that are in authority, that may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. For this is a good and acceptable in the sight of the God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. Okay, let's go. Uh, 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 I, I really like this uh, James 1.5. Uh, turn there, if you will, quickly. James 1.5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Now, what's really neat about that, you should always be asking God for wisdom. You should always be asking him. With this thing with intercession, you should ask the Lord God, Lord, give me wisdom as I begin to intercede this day. All right? Now, uh, I think there's one thing that probably we need to talk about, and that's to understand about the forgiving part. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. When you begin to, or before you go into intercession, and I said this before, be certain that you've asked the Lord to forgive you for all of your sins that you have committed knowingly, and all of the sins that you've committed unknowingly against his holy word. People make grave mistakes in prayer, but it's just, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Okay? Well, how do you know that they're sins? Because you know that whatever it is was sinful. But what about all those things that you're doing that's contrary to the word of God that is still sin? That also has to be repented. You are responsible for everything that's in the book that's hopefully in all your laps today. You're responsible for all of it. The problem is you have not been taught to enough depths to understand everything that's in the book. 
in relationship to what the church has taught you is, is like a drop in the ocean. There's all the vastness of that ocean out there, and you've got a drop that you can put in the palm of your hand. There's so much more to be there. And it has to be brought to you carnally and supernaturally out of both, both sides for you to be able to get. See, the thing that I'll take home with me this weekend and intercede in all your behalves about is that you can understand the supernatural side of this thing. That you can understand that as all the things that I teach, this is not an elective. It's a requirement. You're going to have to come in. And to come in, you're going to have to work your fannies off. That's all there is to it. It isn't going to happen to you because you volunteered. It's going to happen to you because, bless God, you want to get closer to God and you want to see this, this, this movement of Ephraim grow and explode one day. Okay? You, with, if you learn to intercede properly, you're going to help God draw Ephraim to us. Okay? And that's, that's what we're doing here. And again, as we told you, this this isn't all about you. It's not all about, bless God, what you can get out of God. No, no. It's what you can do for the kingdom's sake. And that's what it's about. And what, listen, once you get into this deep enough, folks, you're going to find out things are just going to begin to work out into your life like you probably never thought that could. Why? Because you're about the Father's business. You're seeking first the kingdom of God. Okay? Instead of first, every little thing that you think you have need of. And if there's one thing this prophet hopes that you learned this year, this year, okay, the whole year will be all right with me, this weekend, is bless God, get away from these selfish prayers. And don't be repeating these things. Praying as I showed you and taught, was teaching you how. Yes, you pray in your language about your family. Okay, and thank God every day for your finances and the food that, that he supplies to put on your tables. That, that's, not, that's not doubt and unbelief. That's thanking him. See, we're thanking him. Now, if you go every day and say, oh, Lord God, please put food on my table, and you pray that prayer the next day, you just destroyed the prayer you prayed the day before. Because now you prayed in a doubt and unbelief, and doubt and unbelief is sin. So guess what? God couldn't fulfill that in, in, you know, if you live to be Methuselah's age, as I like to say. All right, let us go on. Uh, and, of course, we understand that when you, you know, uh, God knows what we want. Before we ask, Matthew 6, 8, you can just write that one down. Look it up when you get home. Uh, thank you, God, that you know what is needed even before I ask. And, and, you know, how spatial is that? That he already knows, but he wants you to ask him, doesn't he? He wants you, he wants to be asked. You know, and that's, and, and that's the reason we try to get you to understand that when it comes to intercession, you want to have the Word of God, and, and it's okay. Don't, you don't have to rely upon this. It's okay to have a prayer list with Scripture on it before you when you pray. In fact, I would advise you to do that. I would advise you to get into the Word. I would advise you to take a lot of this Scripture that I have given you this weekend and get it on uh, those small uh, index cards, um, whatever it is that you put things on, and bless God, when you pray, use Him. Say, Father, Your Word says. Father, You said in Your Holy Word this, this, and this. And I pray this, this, and this. As long as you pray the Word in this up here, you can't go wrong. Okay? But again, the bulk of your intercession has to be in tongues for it to be powerful and for it to work out right. It has to be in another language from the throne room itself. Hallelujah. Now, in Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, you can turn there. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened. That it cannot save, neither is it heavy that it cannot hear. 
Now, let me tell you something. Big-time stuff. Get a hold of it. So the fact of it is he can save, he can hear. Okay? He can save and he can hear. Number two, <laughs> verse two. But your iniquities, your sins have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Now, that's a reason, and we talked about it some this weekend, there's some things God doesn't hear, right? This is why he doesn't hear them. Now, uh, prophet, does it mean that, you know, if I'm in all this sin, my prayers are in vain? Bingo, we have a winner. That's the reason why you begin your prayer session with, Father, forgive me for the sins that I have committed knowingly and unknowingly against your holy word. And let those sins be washed away through the blood and the name of your holy son, Yeshua. That must start every time with that. That cleanses you for the moment. Okay? The problem you and I have, you're probably going to, you know, within an hour after you get done praying, you're going to go back and wallow in some of that sin that you just asked God to forgive you for. See, that's the reason it's important. If you'll pray three times a day, you're going to seek repentance from your, from your sin three times a day. See, folks, people don't understand that. Ask God to forgive your family. Okay? Forgive them. When I pray and I went through that, I think yesterday, maybe afternoon thing, station, forgive my family, my children, my grandchildren, from the sins that they also committed knowingly and unknowingly against your holy word through the name of your son, Yeshua. Now, can I do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can pray. You can pray. And then when I go into praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, all one and the same, you see, I have set something there. Now, whether or not I get over into that realm again, but I have spoken or I have planted those things in the Spirit, in English in my case, and then when I begin to intercede in tongues... Often, you're going to be going back into those things. Okay? Uh, the Lord's only shown me that two or three times, and it was such powerful, powerful uh, message that He gave me. In other words, okay, that's there, but there's more that needs to be there, and I interceded and was able to put more in that. Okay? Praise be to God. Now... But it is your sin that separates you. So people that don't know, and, and folks, I'm going to tell you something. I, I'm just guessing. There's no way for me to know unless God would tell me for certain. But I'm going to guess that probably 80% of the church has not the foggiest idea in this world how to pray correctly. And if you start in praying before you ask God to cleanse your sins, it just says right here. He said, your sins have hid his face from you. That he will not hear. Wow. That's not a good deal. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> oh, praise God. Now, uh, uh, Mark eleven twenty five. Mark eleven twenty five. Now, this piece of scripture is big time important. And when you stand praying, okay, that's what you're going to do, hopefully at least three times a day. When you stand praying, forgive. Say forgive. forgive. If you ought, have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses, okay? Now, again, the problem, the problem is if you have ought against somebody. All right? Well, I don't have all of you. I love everybody. How you think you do. Okay? But do you remember back in school when you was a kid when the school teacher in whatever class that was 
did or said something toward you and you still remember it today? Hmm? How many can remember back things like that happened? You didn't forgive them or you wouldn't even think about it. There wouldn't be any thought there to be wrestled with. And you can go on about the things that would have happened at home when you were growing up, things that happened to you along life's ways. Forgiveness is the whole idea of the game, to make sure that you have made things right. Okay? Folks, I'm going to tell you something. God looks upon the heart. Okay? He knows the thoughts and the intents of this. Your mouth can be saying one thing, and your heart can be saying something altogether different. Uh, uh, the, the wonderful thing, or one of the many wonderful things that God has given to me, is that I'm able to see past, to hear past what you're saying. I'm able to look into your hearts. God, as this anointing is flowing as it is today, I'm seeing inside of you. I'm seeing hurts, I'm seeing pains, I'm seeing things that happened in your lives that you have never been able to forgive. You have to forgive. If you want the things with God, you're going enough, you will forgive those people. Now, do I have to go to them personally? In my case, yes, I had to. Uh, in your case, maybe not. Maybe not. But if you're still talking about things... Okay? Uh, forgiving means forgetting. Okay? And that's what it means. Forgiving means forgetting. If you're still remembering it, you haven't forgotten it. So, what you want to do when you get wherever you're going tonight and go to prayer before you lay your head down to sleep, to rest, you want to go back. It's always, it's always a grand thing to begin to ask God to reveal to you those things in which you, and people in which you've not forgiven. Now, you don't want to be doing those things unless you want to know, okay? <laughs> I know, all right. It started out as kind of a cute little game with me, and it got down to being so serious, I was almost afraid to go out of the house. I'd be at the filling station. I'd pull somebody. I think I'd talk to someone about that this weekend. I'd look over there, some, somebody that I'd had a some words with somebody that I needed to for, to forgive. I'd be in a coffee shop, grocery store. There's somebody walk up. So you you know, be sure you're ready for this. But maybe you could say I would never be ready. Could, but the key is to understand this has to get out of your life. This is as important as anything else. See, folks, the problem with all this is these are life-rendering things. These are things that bless God that have come. And you have to make a decision. Do I really want? I hope that I am a grand example to you of a man of God. Now, I may not come to your expectations uh, in relationship of, well, whoever you think and I may not quite come up to that kind of a standard, but as far as somebody, as a prophet, that works into the supernatural realm the way God lets me. Now, no differently than you, all right, I had to face this same thing. Now, in my case, it took somewhere, I think about six, maybe eight months, to get past the whole thing about forgiving Okay? In other words, there was that much in my life that I hadn't, and that many people that I hadn't forgiven. It took that long for me to get a hold of that and get it done. It was required by God. So as your prophet, I stand here this day before you saying, it is not an elective. In other words, you don't, well, I will or I won't. No, no. It's a, you must do. You must do. You have to. If you want this, you have to give up that. Okay? If you want this, you're going to have to give up that. I dare say there is not a person in this room that can stand today and say, I have no one that I need to forgive. Okay? 
or any situation that needs to be forgiven. Every day things happen, good, bad, and ugly. You have to guard. See, the, the Scripture talks about you have to guard your heart. You have to guard what comes into your spirit, your heart. You have to guard it. Why? Because those hindrances coming into your heart, such as unforgiveness, will not let you, now listen to me, enter in as God wants you to enter in while you're here on this earth. It's not because God, uh, see, somehow we get to believing that we're so in with God that he'll overlook, well, there may be one or two things. You want to stand up and say, that was me, prophet? Pick that one up. And there's more and more to the other. Just, no, 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 I'm sorry. Again, he is bound or bonded to his word. He can't overlook his word. Well, now, in the time of, time of an emergency. See, there, there's, there's where this thing gets so serious. In the time of your trouble, in the time of an emergency, and you're crying out to God, Oh, God, I can't He's not even hearing you. If you haven't got these things out of your way. Now, isn't that a shame? It's more than a shame, folks. People die every day with Christian, Holy Ghost-filled Christians praying, and God's not even listening. Please get a hold of what this prophet's telling you. This is big-time, big-time serious business. See, that's the reason, if it was so easy, everybody would volunteer and get in. And I've watched it for years. I have told you from the beginning, it is not easy. It's going to cost you everything. And it is. It is going to bring you to a broken and a contrite spirit of which God can use. And it will bring you there. Whether you want to get there or not, you will bring yourself there. Because it just gets to the place after the years, the prayer, the fasting, that adherence unto God's holy word, where you just don't care anymore. Just take it, Lord. It don't bother you. got everything to take. If that's what you want, I'm giving it. But we have to bring you to the place where you can get to that point where you can understand that you've got to seek out and go on to whatever the next hindrance is in your life. You should pray every day and ask God, what is hindering you? What are the sins that are holding me back from you? Because that's all that's holding you back. Like I said, your problem is not Satan. I've always told you this. It's you. Once you get you under control by God's Word, the rest of this will be relatively simple. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. feel pretty good about that. Now, you know, uh, I, I think a lot of times... Well, let's go to 1 Peter 3, 7 first, because I want to get into something else here. It's something how things seem to work in, okay? Now, in 1 Peter 3, 7, it says, Likewise, ye husbands, listen up, guys, dwell with them, who? With your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. Now, we went through two quarterlies about that, didn't we? Now, before I go on, let, let, me, let me give the latest report on that in the Spirit. This is via the throne room to the prophet. Now, we did real good for a while. But I think I told you that that probably wasn't going to happen. Now we ain't doing so good, girls. And I think I told you then, and I'm going to warn you one more time, this is, again, not an elective. You are going to submit, or you and yours ain't going with this prophet to Israel. Now, if you understand that, girls, I want you to shake your head. I bring it, you get stirred, which you should. You start working on it. Well, I'm really tired of this, this, this submission thing. Well, I'm, I am tired of it, too. But, girls, you ain't quite got it yet, okay? Some of you have gone back to being the same that you were when this thing started. You think you submitted? i got news for you, honey. Some of you still can't even spell the word. The problem gets when God says drop the hammer, 
Let that be just a little word to the wise, okay? Well, you think you got that covered, prophet? No, but at least I warned you, okay? Now, it goes on to say, As unto the weaker vessel, which you are, girls, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Now, notice that's together, okay? That's together. You are heirs together with who? With your husband. That's the reasons I taught that. Your sin is his sin. His sin is your sin. And if you won't submit, it's sin. Your husband can't come in. You won't come in. But you see, and because the Spirit of God moved there, if you can't submit, girls, you're sinning, he's sinning. Both of you are in sin. How serious is that? Big time serious. Big time serious. You can't come in, he won't be able to come in. Okay? Some of you, well, let's leave it that way. Okay, so what we want you to do is it says that your prayers be not hindered. All right? So if, if if the husband, and that's what that was, isn't that funny that went from the guys to the gals like that? Uh, but if he doesn't give honor to you, okay, as unto the weaker vessel, being heirs together the grace of life, his prayers will be hindered. So guys, you've got to understand that the keys to all this is to understand the reason that it takes so many years to get you lined up with the Word of God so that things can look like you're being blessed instead of crapped on. That was a nice word is this. Are you beginning to understand that there's so much to this? There is so much to putting this thing in line. I've been in the ministry for 40 years. That's not talking about the, the, the seven years that I sat under ministry. I've been in this thing for you, and I'm still learning. But let me tell you something. I have learned a lot, and I'm not telling you I've learned it all because I haven't. There is more tomorrow than there is today. And if you'll keep that concept in mind, it will greatly help you. All right? Now, we understand with this God that we serve. John 15, 7. John 15, 7. Uh, you know, I, 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 love, I love the fact that God can lay all this stuff out and take these scriptures from one end of the, uh, the Bible to the other end, and let us be able to reason one together. John fifteen seven says, If you abide in me, and that word abide, as I've told you before, in, um, in Greek simply is remain attached to, and my words remain attached in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, this is if. If. Now, if in fact, okay, if, in fact, you don't remain attached to him and his words do not remain attached in you, you can ask all day long and ain't nothing going to happen. That's what's happening to you. See, you come, you come so far into this thing and you get away from the frills and the thrills. A lot of the, well, a lot of the Pentecostal church and a lot of the charismatic church is into the frills and the chills. They want to be entertained, so you get, you know, you, you, you get them in, you, you play, you sing the music, you fall on the floor, you do the Jericho march, you get out and dance in the aisles, huh? You think you go home and, oh, man, I'm feeling good, baby. Yeah, you may be feeling good, baby, but let me tell you something that you're not. You're not filled up, filled up with the Holy Ghost. See, this is not designed for frills and thrills. It isn't. That's the reason God lets you experience the power of his anointing through this prophet. But that's the reason why that God will not allow me, if you will, to be your diaper changer, to be your bottle maker and hold it in your mouths, okay? He won't allow to do that. Why? Because the church has fouled this thing up, the growth process in this thing. I can tell you, as a matter of fact of being the truth, beyond any shadow of turning, 
There are no peoples on the face of this earth that can intercede like this prophet. Now, if there isn't, they can't teach this kind of a thing, and they can't. But because I can, I can teach you as I am teaching you. You can, as I told you in the beginning of this, you can learn to move heaven and earth. You can learn to find something out when you pray, the stinking devil is looking for the highway. He will run. You do it long enough and he'll just go right around your house to the next door neighbor because there ain't no sense in stopping at your house because you're going to hurt him again. Don't you want to be that way? Somebody say amen. I'm going to bring you to that point. That's what this is about. Kicking the devil upside the head seven ways from Sunday, as we say. You can do this. You're going to do this. And this old prophet's got anything about it. I'm going to ride you like a bay mule till you do. What size of saddle do I need for you? Oh, now I'm meddling. Now I can get in trouble. Whoa, wait a minute. We can start into the axe handle? No, forget it. Now, for those of you that don't know that, you need to get with the brothers, and they might be able to quickly, they may be able to quickly, bless God. Oh, hallelujah. Now, in, in Matthew 6, 5, turn there with me, and we'll see what we can do there, as a matter of fact. Say, I love you, Lord. Say, I love you, prophet. First the Lord, then the prophet. That'll be all right. Matthew 6, 5, it says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. Uh-oh. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Wow. They love to pray standing where people can hear them, see them. Come on. They love that. Don't be as hypocrites. Okay? Don't be as the hypocrites. They, they, they've got their reward. There isn't going to be anything coming. In other words, what their prayers are being prayed have been hindered. Okay? But thou, when thou prayest, sixth verse, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when we pray, use not vain repetitions. As the heathens do, okay? For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And that gets back to the thing that I, I keep saying. Uh, a vain repetition is not every day praying for your family, thanking God that your needs, finances has been met. See, that's positive confession. That's not, that's not repetition. But when you every day ask God to heal you, every day ask God to, you know, that you win the lottery, which he's not going to let you do, uh, get out of that one, uh, then you're getting into vain repetition, and you don't want, you don't want to be there. That, again, is a reason you've got to get from that realm, okay, into praying in tongues. You've got to do that. Some of you are doing well with that. There's others of you, uh, bless God, that definitely need to work more on that. How do you do that? Spend more time. As I told you in the beginning, I don't care if it's da 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 and that's it. Keep doing it. Try to get with people that, bless God, that have a prayer language somewhat developed, okay, hopefully completely developed. It's like being a baby when you're first entering into receiving the Holy Ghost. You, you know, you're not going to just... Take off and talk. You didn't like a baby. It's in comparison, it's the same. Some people seem to let themselves break over into the supernatural easier because right here is what keeps you from speaking in that other language is your head. But anyway, it will come about. Okay, now, he goes on to say um, that, that uh, but thou, when thou prayest, enter, this, enter thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. But when we pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Again, listen to what's being said. Don't get hypocritical. Don't get to the place where you're just making a noise and you're thinking, boy, you did a great job. You did a great job today. Don't 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 go there. Okay, 
Don't go there. Now, Matthew 6.33, please. 6.33. Hallelujah. It says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now listen, you have to understand that when you first seek the kingdom, you're getting yourselves in a position to receive the promises. But that has to be first. First seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, within seeking first the kingdom is getting the sin out of your life, which we've talked about. Okay? Then you deal with all these other things that we have brought into that equation this weekend, getting them out of your life. That's seeking first the kingdom. So in other words, really what the Lord is trying to tell us here is he wants us to intercede. You shouldn't just not intercede. But what he really wants us to do first is first things first. Get your life in order with God's word. That's what the Lord God wants to happen first in all of our lives. What really has happened in this thing, we have got into churches, Pentecostal charismatic churches, and these uh, pastors started trying to teach into these areas, and so people just all them out what they thought. What, what the pastors didn't do, because their hearts will not let them do, is pound on the parishioners' heads, not physically, thank you, to the point where they understand what first things first are. See, in, in, in those types of situations, they teach a message somewhat like this message, and they just tell you, now you just get in. But the things that they forget to tell you are the things that will greatly hinder you. Now, we have in this room uh, some that, that have, have been uh, within the Pentecostal movement as ministers, and they would fully agree with that statement right now. That the problem was they didn't know how to bring to you first things first, second things second, third things third, and so forth, and so forth. Didn't know how to do that. So therefore, it just made it a mess. People begin to intercede and pray for their much um, rattling of their mouths, and they thought it was so cute, and they'd all come down. You ever been to Pentecostal church wherever Sunday night? Everybody comes down to the front like we did last night, and they get the squalling and the bawling and the screaming. And the, well, you know, I'm going to tell you what, uh, Doc. If a good if a good uh, psychiatrist would come along, they'd all be in straight jackets. Okay, I'll watch them run up and down the aisle screaming. I now we don't have pews; we have chairs in here. Okay, I have watched them run the tops of the pews screaming. I'm wanting to think, somebody get a two before and put them out of their misery. Okay? But you see, that's what they were taught. They weren't taught, seek ye first the kingdom. They were taught, just however the Spirit moves through you, brother. Listen. That's what caused all this crap, okay? Well, brother, I feel in the Spirit that I need to run the pews today. Okay, I, I I think that uh, and to write books would be books volumes. I'm sitting in a Pentecostal church, don't remember where, and you know they usually have those three nice great big stuffy chairs in the back. Oh, they're so comfortable. That's the way you, we all you know we sit back here even when you have a guest a minister, and so that you can see us and we can see you. So I'm sitting, and of course, Pastor always sits in the one in the middle, you know, because, I mean, it is his church. And so I'm sitting, I don't remember which side. Pastor leans over, and he said, uh, uh, a prophet, he said, that brother just come in. I said, yeah. I said, yeah. He said, now, I want to I tell you right now. He said, at any point in time in your service, now, are you ready? God may lay a run on him. Now, I wasn't sure we were talking diarrhea. I mean, being an old redneck boy, I mean, that, that, that could come under a lot of headings, all right? So I look at Pastor and I said, 
you want to explain this to me so I'd be ready for it? He said, oh, yeah. He said, he's at any point in time. He said, he said, usually, now listen, when we have a guest speaker, the Lord will put a run on it. He'll just get up and start running around the church and up and down the aisles and stop and pray and all this and all that. I said, you mean this guy does that? Well, only when the Lord lays it on him. I said, why don't you sneak back and tell him that this wouldn't be a good night to have a run laid on him. <laughs> the prophet ain't in the mood. In fact, you tell him that the Lord lay a run on him, I'm going to run out there and tackle him. <laughs> oh, I've got, a, I've got a boat full of stuff that's happened to me through all these years. See, that's the reason I can see you coming about from the front of the synagogue back to here. The spirits are always the same. The names, the faces, shapes change. Same spirit. You can smile. You can look like that. Doesn't make any Same spirits operating on the inside. But yeah, later on on him. Well, that night, miraculously, there was no, and the pastor went and talked to him. And there was no run laid upon the night, that man that night. I don't, I don't think we've ever had it happen here, but, you know, I'm kind of the jack prophet I am. You don't ever stand up in one of my meetings and start talking about anything. If it's out of order, I will shut it down so quick that their eyeballs start going back and forth. Why? We want the move of the Holy Ghost. There is prophecy, there's tongues, and there is uh, a blessed God interpretation of tongues. But if it's not from God, you're not going to get away with it with this prophet. Now, if it's of God, we want to hear it. All right? Now, let me, let me, I hate to really get into this because I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to, well, yeah, but, okay. We are going to, on some occasion of a weekend, oh, God help me. We are going to go into the nine gifts of the Spirit. We are going to help you begin to nurture and bring the... God help me. Oh, there's going to be some devil casting out that weekend. But we will get to that, okay? That can be as bad as having a run laid on you, okay? <laughs> I have dreaded that part from the very beginning. I might as well just warn you now. I keep thinking, oh, Lord, surely, sure, surely we're not going to do that the next quarter, are we? But we have to develop it, and I know that, and we will. I'm going to teach you how to know how to prophesy, where you'll never, ever miss when the Lord God puts a run. I mean, prophesy. <laughs> Is there anybody in the room feel God putting a run on them? <laughs> you know, I used to say to the Lord, I'd get, I'd get back to the hotel, the motel, drive home. Why me, Lord? I mean, this could happen. Why me? I could write volumes. Some of it's funny, some of it's sad, and some of it's just downright ridiculous. Okay. Say praise God. praise God. Now, let's, if you will, be so kind, all right, to uh, turn over to Matthew eighteen twenty, And I, I think this is so neat, all right, uh, because here we're told, where, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. This, uh, this is so important. Because as I talked about having you in the room, that we that you know we're talking about united prayer, okay? We're talking about people coming together with prayer. Now, because again, I, I know I spoke about this, but it's important that I one more time, because we fast three days, most of us. Some of you in this room fast seven days, and I know that. And we come together on Friday night. Now with this intercession. We begin to intercede. Uh, we're going to bring we're going to bring this whole thing up, okay, in the spirit realm, because we are going to be together. We're going to be one. 
as soon as you can learn that this isn't for you at all. This happens to be for somebody or somebody's. All right? So, so that is so neat to understand. He said, said, I'm there in the midst of them. The key, brothers and sisters, to the anointing is, listen, listen, are you listening? That God be there. Okay. Oh, have you heard preach? Oh, you can feel him tonight, folks. I'm going. He's not within 500 miles of this place. What do you mean you can feel him tonight? Again, do you know what they gauge that with? How they fleshly feel. The anointing isn't about the flesh. The anointing is about the supernatural. All right? Can you feel the anointing? Yes, you can. Many of you felt the anointing last night. You should be able to feel the anointing as this prophet is projecting the anointing out of me, out of my inner being, out throughout this congregation this morning. That is the anointing of God. There's nothing wrong with feelings. You can't live on feelings, but there's nothing wrong with feelings. All right, let's go on. Got to finish up here. Now, uh, I, I, turn to Acts one fourteen, and I love this. I love this because it's so simple. It says, "These all continued with one accord and prayer and supplication." Okay, which we're talking about when the Holy Ghost was about to arrive to this earth. Now, Acts 12.5. Acts 12.5. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Of course, Peter got up and walked out, out of the prison, didn't he? Now... Prayer was made without ceasing. What does it mean? Somebody was praying all the time. Um, I have had in the past, especially when I traveled overseas, we had somebody or somebodies would sign up to be on what we called the prayer chain. There was somebody praying 24 hours a day, interceding for me, whoever traveled with me, the, the ministry that I was about to go to and to do. The whole time I was gone. So if I'm gone two weeks, we got two weeks of 24-hour-a-day uh, prayer. That's where I was able to bring uh, the, those churches to so that they could uh, uh, participate in that. Corporate anointings are, are very, very important. And once we get this thing into place, you're going to find out how, how important all it really is. And you will reap endlessly yourself from these things. It, even though it's not for you, let me tell you something, it, it will, in turn, the, the dividends that it will pay back will be absolutely uh, unreal. But they did, they, but see, that's the reason he got up and walked out the prison, okay, was because somebody was praying. Somebody was interceding for him. Say, prayer, prayer is, is powerful. powerful. Turn with me to Genesis 18:20, and we're going to end up here with a, a story that is probably the premiere of intercession, okay, of the Bible. Genesis 18:20, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come up unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom, Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor. Find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. 
אשר מלך. 